Pfizer vaccine. I just finished up on my two-course inoculation with the Pfizer vaccine. I had one just a few weeks ago and the booster yesterday. But what did I sign up for? What is my body doing with this stuff? And, and how does the vaccine work? And how is it going to stop COVID-19? I had no idea. So I took a good hard 20 minutes to figure it all out. And this is pretty much what's happening. Now, as you know, the COVID-19 virus has these weird teeny tiny Y-shaped nodules on the outside of the virus. We've all seen pictures of these things. Now, these little nodules are of a particular protein, and it basically has like a universal key to your cells. Once they get in there, they overtake the cells and get it to start replicating itself, copy, rinse, and repeat. That's why we get sick. The traditional way of making a vaccine is that you take that particular virus and you weaken it, and then you take the mostly dead or dying, and you make a vial out of them, and you pump that stuff into people's arms, and you hope for the best. As it makes its way through the bloodstream, the immune system kicks in and says, I don't like this stuff. I'm going to go ahead and eat it up. And then they remember what that stuff is and the shape and, and they, they build up just that immunity to it. Well, for a while anyway. I mean, you got to think about it. They got other things going on as well. So what's so different about this one? Well, for one thing, there's no virus in your arm. Nope. They're taking a completely different approach. They're focusing on that little Y-shaped nodule, you know, that key. It's a really weird protein and really should not be inside the human body. I mean, it doesn't harm it. It just really shouldn't be there. So some very clever people thought about producing that protein and introducing it into the body. But wouldn't it be a lot faster if you can get your body to produce the protein? I mean, it's a whole flipping factory up there, you know? And that's what they did. Inside your body, you have something called a eukaryotic cell. And one of its main focuses is to produce proteins. Uh, these can be used for like rebuilding a cell wall, fixing a scratchy esophagus, or whatever needs protein design. And these proteins are very interesting and quite unique. Uh, if you ever unfold one, it basically takes a supercomputer. Or better yet, just use a eukaryotic cell. The question comes up, how do you hijack the eukaryotic cell to start making these little you know, nodules that you want? Basically, it's the same way the cell does. It uses something called a messenger RNA, and you'll see this typed out as a lowercase m, and we follow by a capital RNA. And it's just a small string of information that's essentially read inside the eukaryotic cell, kind of like a little mini running program. And as it's read, it starts building this string that becomes a protein. And that, my friend, is exactly what Pfizer did. They got these cells to create lots and lots and lots of these proteins and spit them out into our system. And the next thing you know, our immune system's eating them all up. That way, when the real virus shows up, it doesn't have a fighting chance because we're busy eating it up. Because our body remembers what the shape of that protein looks like and realizes it's something it can eat. The difficulty and the reason it took a little while to make, even though one year is pretty darn quick, is you had to create a synthetic messenger RNA. And if you make one exactly to the specifications you want, the human body's gonna see it right away as being artificial and they're gonna reject it and destroy it. So what Pfizer did and what others have done was they made enough changes of the string that would allow it to create the protein without triggering the human immune system. So who do we have to thank for this modern marvel? Her name is, and I'll destroy it sadly, is Catalina Carico. Since the mid-1990s, she had postulated that this, this ability to do this was possible. And she applied for several grants, grant after grant after grant, and she's received many messages. No, no, no. 
She believed in the process so much that in 1995, while working for the University of Pennsylvania, she got demoted. Now, you and I, we'd stop right there. We go, all right, I ain't going any further. But she didn't. And it's a good thing because I don't know where we'd be today. I think what drove it was she saw some early successes in mice. But again, the immune system was so strong that in most cases, the immune system beat up on the synthetic mRNA before making its way to the cells. Uh, the best analogy was like, if you imagine like it's a misaligned car, the wheels are off and it's throwing everything off and you're bouncing down the road, that's going to trigger the immune system. So what she did was she collaborated with a fellow by the name of Drew Wiseman. He was an immunologist from Boston University. And what they did was they just slightly tweaked their version of the mRNA and created like a hybrid. This was able to let it sneak into the cells and do its magic. They published a series of papers in 2005, which basically paved the way to the vaccine that we have today. Hey, look, I'll leave you a few links in the description. This is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Hey guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, give a positive review, I don't know, feedback. I don't know where they put that stuff. And don't forget to share this on social media. I'm Dan Mason, and this is 20 Minute Research.